All right, welcome to the Joe Danier podcast. I am Joe Danier. This episode is a little confusing because I'm confused, and this is my outlet for that confusion, so you will share in the confusion with me. Every morning, I get up, I look at my computer monitor, and I go through the list of things that I want to remind myself of. I start off every day with the reminder of when I was in good, reasonable, logical spirits, I put together what I wanted to become and I attach it to my monitor. So when I wake up and on those days where I'm uncertain or I'm unsure, I look at that list and the voice, nice, uh, you know, the, the, the nice um, voice that has confidence and conviction speaks to me through the list and says, Joe, at one point you wanted to do X. So I woke up this morning and, you know, I do this podcast. I do talk shows. I do uh, several different motivational shows. Uh, and also I put together speaking gigs, uh, hopefully to be out on the road before this year ends uh, doing motivational talks. So on my sheet, it says, Joe, you are a motivational speaker, right? And when in my brain, when I'm going through all of my logic and, and all of my reasons for why I believe a certain thing, there's very little pushback. Very few people disagree with the things that come out of my noise hole and they go along with it. Right. And I, I truly think that I grow and stretch the, the most when I've got somebody who at least disagrees with me. So it's very important that I, I get a, a person that's not just being a dick in front of me, but will give me some pushback so I get to question everything. Like I go introspective. It's just part of my nature. I want to be right. I want to give people good advice. I want to add value to other people's lives. But what happens when you're in a cycle where the demand for becoming better, right? Or becoming more healthy is there's no demand for it, right? You have people that are in a, I need to survive mentality and you're preaching a make yourself better mentality. It doesn't match up. And so some of the arguments that you get from people aren't necessarily that you're wrong. You're just preaching a message that makes absolutely no sense because it's one of those let them eat cake moments where, you know, uh, you, you, you need to be telling me how not to die. And all you want to talk about is how I should be eating my, eating my broccoli. It just doesn't connect. You seem like the asshole, even though the information that you have is might be absolutely right in a different time frame. So social media is one of those weird places where this phenomenon crops up and I have to look through a certain prism to find out if I'm stupid, right? And I should shut up and stop talking or that person that is peeking over the shoulder of this conversation, it needs to, you know, it needs to back off the conversation because they're not going to get anything and they're not going to add anything. So such as that, we were talking today on social media about the poverty mindset, Okay. And what the poverty mindset, it seems a little condescending to people who are in poverty because we're accusing them of having a mind that is claiming poverty rather than being a victim of poverty. And I get that. I understand it. And so long that that's what you agree with, then you're going to be a victim of poverty. There's no such thing now as going to be a knight in shining armor that's going to come along and rescue you from a, a state of mind that is poverty because a poverty mind will always create new poverty no matter where it goes. And it's not necessarily financial poverty, but there's a little bit of torture in the poverty mindset. And so you got, you got three different divides here. You got the poverty mindset, you got the prosperity mindset, and you got the neutral element like right in the center. And so what I teach first 
is to get yourself removed from the poverty mindset is you got to take responsibility that if the results that you have right now, everything in front of you, where you live, who you're friends with, your financial status, your health status, all of that is the sum of all the choices you've made up to right now. Right. And that is a hard responsibility to take on your own because there's some choices that you don't feel like were your own. Like if you're a 10 year old kid and you heard that you have very little choice into where your outcome would be. Right. But every minute past someone else having control over you, those were all of your choices. Even if you just assumed the easy ones that were in front of you and you don't feel like they were yours to choose, like I had, it was my only option, not my best option, usually not the, not the truth. So that's why step number one is having to get out of the poverty mindset is you have to take responsibility because if you don't take responsibility that you are a, a sum of all of your actions and decisions, then what happens is you'll believe me for a minute that you can start thinking a little bit differently but you're looking for an out to make sure that I'm wrong. So you're looking for that first thing that happens. Say, well, I started believing in the prosperity mindset, but look at that. See that happen? So you're wrong. And as long as you're gunning for that, you, you know, step two and step three, um, I use the example of looking for a blue car, right? If you don't wake up looking for a blue car, you probably know if I asked you how many blue cars you see, you wouldn't know. You probably saw some, but you really didn't see them. But if I woke up every day, put on your monitor that said, look for blue cars, we would have a much different conversation at the end of the day because we put our conscious mind and our subconscious mind on notice that we were out to do something. So it's not delusional where you don't get to the end of the day. And if you didn't see any blue cars that you just say, oh yeah, I see blue, saw blue cars anyway, that's not truthful. But a lot of people who buy into the positive mindset, they subscribe to the blue car and regardless they see it or not, they tell themselves that they have and then they don't even believe themselves, let alone believing a second or third party. Second or third party? Yeah. But anyway, um, so the, there's a step of taking responsibility, knowing that, yeah, I probably did that. But how do you reverse engineer that? You're where you are. Where you live is a hard thing to change. The car that you bought, it's a hard thing to change. The person you married is a hard thing to change. So which of all of those things that are, uh, are, are not changeable do you want me to fuss over? It doesn't seem like I have any of them. And in fact, the only things I can change seems to be pretty un inconsequential, where if I decide to buy a different magazine, it doesn't feel like it's going to change the trajectory because you're right. When, you, when you've gotten to this point, remember all of your decisions, there were thousands of them in there that took years of them to culminate. So if you started making a change right now, it might be one of 1,000th, which 0.01% of the decision. You might make have to make a 1,000 of those little ones to equate to a single outcome. And it might take you a really long time to assemble. Now, I'm really good at drastic things. I like to make change sharp turns. I like to have speed behind them. And I need to have like some results right away. I need to be able to measure things. I'm a logical person, so measurement's about everything, right? I need to know if a decision equals good, uh, good decision because I need to know what its results are going to be. I'm not satisfied with someone saying, uh, you do this and it'll be good, generally speaking, because I can't measure that. So here's the deal where you take responsibility, you know that thousands of decisions went into where you are right now. So from this point on, I'm going to give myself as many years as it took me to get in my current situation to get out of my current situation. I'm going to start today and I'm going to make lots of good decisions that own up to it. So our marathon runner is my favorite example of this. 
right? You want to become a marathon runner, but you're not a marathon runner. You're unhealthy. You can't run. You may be bigger than you are. Your knees are bad. You don't even have running shoes, right? But you're going to make a list of all things that being a marathon runner do. So best practices mean I go find a marathon runner, ask them for coffee, and I say, "What? Well, give me everything that you do all day. And they say, okay, well, I run in the morning and I eat certain things and I go to bed at a certain time and having a certain conversations and looking up certain literature and doing certain research. And I say, of all of these things, what do you think is most connected to you being a marathon runner and put little numbers next to it as priorities next to the things that a marathon runner thinks it's most critical to being a marathon runner. Now you go away from marathon runner and you have a list of things that you should do to, if you wanted to become a marathon runner. Now you make a list of things that you absolutely think is working against you being a marathon runner, eating donuts, watching TV, sleeping late, do, you know, make a whole list. Now you have your prescription. Now, if you pick something from the list and you do it today, you are not a marathon runner. And if you don't do things from the things that are on the do not do list, just doing those things do not make you a marathon runner. But if every day you convert your life to having more things naturally occurring from the do list and almost can't even detect anything from the do not list, you have no choice but the mathematics to be that you will be a marathon runner that may have never run a marathon, but you're as close to being that as you can. And that is the preparation. So I had a meeting this morning uh, with a guy who was uh, was all about the prosperity. He was looking at opportunities. He needs some cooperations. He needs some more resources in preparing it. And so I asked him, you know, what, uh, what's the end result here? Like what state of mind are you looking to accomplish so that all of this gets super easy for you? And we used an example of him going on vacation. So he's not a millionaire right now and he's not a billionaire. He's probably not even a hundred thousandaire. Well, maybe close, but he wants to be able to go on vacation and not worry about his expenses while he's on vacation. He's looking at the receipts and he's checking his bank balance. He needs to know what things cost and he wants to not have to pay attention to that. So you got those three choices again. Either you become so wealthy that you lose touch with what things cost. You become delusional where even though it's painful, you're going to pretend like you don't care about what things cost or in the middle, you're going to plan for the not caring. And what does that mean? So uh, I'll change. I'm going to use one more metaphor. I'm going to change uh, this one big analogy is that uh, all of us have Christmas at the end of the year, right? Or some kind of celebrated holiday where we exchange gifts with people and all of that always costs money. Well, I want to be a person that doesn't regret buying gifts for people because I really like giving gifts and I don't want to wake up with credit card bills and having debt because I gave gifts from. So if I prepare and plan so I don't have to do that, do I have to be so wealthy that I'm not going to pay attention to it? No, I, I don't have to be uber wealthy that I don't pay attention. That's only one option. A better option would, would be to what do I spend on Christmas each year? Okay, so let's just say I spend $1,000 in Christmas every year. Okay, now I'm going to move my debt up. So on January 1st, I start saving $1,000, putting it in an envelope, and then shopping out of that envelope when we get to the end of the year. That is you preparing so you, know, you don't have to stress over the debt because you built it into your plan so you don't stress about it. So part of the responsibility of a prosperity mindset isn't the punting obligations to what you feel is what wealthy people do or prosperous people do. When I buy a car, I know in the future it needs tires. And when I buy the car, the responsibility of the tires come with it. 
So I can say if those tires, I could know that those tires are going to last so long. And maybe I hope to get four years out of those tires. So on day one, when the tires are absolutely brand new, you know what I could start doing? Saving for their replacement. Or I can be in total denial and not save. And then in those four years, I could be completely caught off guard that something that I bought, the responsibility was built in on day one, information I could have known as part of that vehicle. Uh, I could be surprised and say, who would have thought that after four years that I would need tires? And one is very smart. And one, you can build all of your anxieties into a nice little package where they could be, you know, I, I'm not even stressing on day one when I'm, I'm buying tires because there's no threat of it. There's no, uh, you know, there, there, there's no immediacy that has to be pulled from that. I have a ton of room for messing up or under planning or over planning or building in more information. I can collect more data. Waiting until your tires are down, worn down to the cords means that now you're going to stress out, feel like you're a victim of it and whatever. And until a guy like me comes along, you're going to think I'm an asshole when I say, oh, you should have planned on January 1st, right? Because it's true, you could have, but there was no threat. So if you want to be the person that's waiting last minute, then you get that profile. If you want to be a person that can't run a marathon, you pull the sheet of saying, not only do I not want to do the things that require, I don't even want to know what's on that sheet. Because you could say what it takes to be a healthy person. You could see what it takes to retire when you're 40 years old. You could take any goal that you can think of in your brain, put it on a sheet of paper and do two sheets. One things that promote that idea and another sheet that works directly against that idea. And every day of your life, you could wake up, look at the screen like I do and figure out what it is that, uh, that, that you're, you're, you're going, uh, go, what, what goal you're going towards you, but you can't say because you didn't do anything that you're a victim of circumstance because you had the information, and the opportunity to do exactly what I suggested. And you just passed on it. You let what naturally would occur happen. So you really can't, uh, you really can't get to December 23rd and be mad that you don't have the same money that you know Bob Smith did when he's been saving since January. Bob Smith had to take some $100 worth of concessions every month to put it in his envelope. He's going to be in a better spot than you because the sum of his choices equaled that he's going to be paying out of Christmas out of an envelope. You're going to be paying out of debt. And if you get to the end of the year and you don't like that debt, you do not have to choose it in the next year. But that's on you. And until someone comes along and says, you're responsible, you bought those actions. Now, and, and honestly, I'm not even suggesting the, um, you know, the, the poverty that we're talking about where it's inescapable, you living in, in a bad area, you, you're, you're beholden to some of those because that's where people go first is the unchangeable ones. What I'm suggesting is you probably have 10 unchangeable, but you probably have 100 things that are changeable and we're maybe not one of those hundred things are going to get you out of poverty. The collection of those hundred things that are now under your control, allow you to pick off some of the things that you felt yesterday were out of control. Cause you're right. The ones you're out of control are totally out of your control, but it's not, not, not permanent. It's only temporary until you get a handle on all the stuff that is in your control and your whole mentality shifts. I'm, I promise you this. I've been doing this a really long time and I was my first guinea pig. I had to control myself. I always felt like I had to control the world or gravity or other people or opportunities. I was always felt like I was a victim of being shafted be, from what I felt was mine. And none of it was actually mine. It was my brain somehow kept me disengaged from being part of the solution and just wanted to blame everybody else. And I thought, 
I'm going to blame everybody else, but nobody's coming along and is going to save me from everybody else. Right. When I'm in control of me already and I'm not, I'm only using 10% of the controls that are at my disposal. So I'm not going to belabor that. I just want to point out that I'm a little confused because when somebody asks me, okay, uh, what is, uh, what, what do you do for a living? You're a motivational speaker. Are there people looking for motivation? And the answer is unequivocally. Yes, there are tons of people. And I don't detract the fact that a lot of people are pursuing their goals and dreams because a few of you think that the the deck stacked against you and you have no say in it. I will agree that there are some people in that, but it is a minority of a minority of a minority. It is not, it is the exception. There's no way. Most of you, the rule applies and you're just not using all the tools that are at your disposal. And that's what I want to really urge you to do is uh, I'm not going to shut up being motivational. My audience of people who want to be motivated are hungry for this information. So I'm going to start spouting it regardless of how many you think it can't be done. Uh, Let the examples of, of people in society that are taking long odds, serving out the responsibilities that are required to, you know, create and, and, and uh, pursue prosperity and let their stories be the ones that guide you. It can be done. You can become a marathon runner. I can't guarantee you it's going to be a Hail Mary pass. We're going to do it tomorrow, but I can guarantee you that there are hundreds of small choices that you could start doing today that will start broadening it and convincing you that it's achievable. All right, this is the Joe DNA Podcast. Have a great one.